0: for more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to cynthiahyatt.com. That's C I N T H I A H I E T T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm always thankful that you are joining me and that we are having an opportunity to share an hour and really talk about pertinent things that help us to be all that God has created us to be. And so today, in, in honor of Thanksgiving week, we're going to do a show on being thankful. So why would God instruct us to be grateful and I think that's a, this is a super, super important topic on uh, for a myriad of reasons. But before we start, I want to always encourage you all to visit my Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's I-N-C for Incorporated. And my name is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. And also my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And any of these shows that you don't get to listen to in its entirety if you're driving you don't. If you just tune in half, halfway during the hour, you can always go to my website, and there are podcasts for these shows. So I really encourage you to do that as well. So here we are today. We're going to be talking about gratefulness and being thankful. And so, why would we not be grateful? Why would we not be grateful? I mean, if we were to be really honest with ourselves, in spite of whatever circumstances we have going on, and I know for myself. I've had several in this last year. My father just recently passed away, and my sister has some serious health issues. My mother is 82 years old, and she's going through many things um, that, that have to do with that as well as my father passing. And so I've had a really difficult year, and it is certainly not necessarily ending. But in the midst of that, don't I have things to be grateful for? And I absolutely do. I absolutely do. So why would we not be grateful? Why is that? Well, you see, this is a discipline, and it's a discipline of our mind, our will, and our nature. Because we are hardwired by sin to complain, lament, bemoan, commiserate, regarding any circumstance we're experiencing. So let's take, for example, even if we were to win the lottery, we would complain. We'd complain about the taxes we have to pay, about how many quote-unquote new friends we might have. So you can see that the hardwiring of our fallen nature causes us to always go to the negative. And we've talked about this in previous shows, that our brain is kind of hardwired toward negativity. And that doesn't mean our soul and our spirit or, or the psychology of our mind is hardwired for that. And, and we do know that we can choose how we think. And God talks to us at length about how we think. And so this hardwiring that causes us to just automatically go to the negative. And sometimes we don't even know that we're doing it. I know that I, I sometimes am not even aware that I'm being negative. And I have to really be on top of myself. You see, the lead of Jesus was to thank his father daily and eventually even be thankful for the, quote unquote, the cup that would not pass from his life. And that would be his crucifixion. And so imagine what our lives would be like if they were to even exist, if we had a complaining Christ, a bitter Jesus. What would our lives be like? What, what would have occurred while he was down here on earth if he gave into sin, if he gave into complaining or negativity, commiserating, bemoaning? I mean, he certainly had a lot of things to complain about and be negative over. My goodness, there were so many things that were going on in his time that were extremely negative very anti-God. But he didn't do that. And so let's make this Thanksgiving a hallmark event in our life. Let's make it a commitment to live differently, love differently, think differently, and use the discipline of thankfulness, of gratitude every day and catch ourselves when we are giving into our fallen nature. So let's look at a couple of verses that I picked out that that I really, I, I really like. And this is Colossians 3.17. And this says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And we have Romans one twenty one. It says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So we see this. Why would God want us to practice gratitude? Well, he gives us this Romans chapter one, verse 21. He says, this is what happens. Although they knew God, they didn't honor him or give thanks to him, and they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. He's saying, actually, what he's saying, we can extrapolate out of this verse that it's foolishness to not be grateful. It's a foolish act because it gives us futility in our thinking. And we know that when our thinking becomes negative, our whole world view becomes negative. The whole paradigm that we view the world through becomes negative. The more negative we become, the more defensive we become. And the more futile we feel life is the more painful life is, the less resiliency we have. So we have this Philippians 4, 6 that says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now now you know that I'm, I'm a psychotherapist for a living, and so I am not in any way wanting you to do unhealthy, ridiculous things with your thinking. I don't want you to be thankful for tragedy. We don't need to do that. That that is that's we, we certainly know in Romans eight twenty eight that God can cause all things to work together for good. So we do know that out of tragedy God can still bring beautiful, wonderful things. But the tragedy is never good. So we want to be really careful that we're not being unrealistic. What we're doing is is we're really practicing being thankful for what we can be thankful for. And so in the midst of hardship, I always can find something to be thankful for. While my father was in hospice it was a terrible, terrible process for my father in his dying process. And it was very painful and very long. It was 11 months long. and He was a man of great constitution, and he did not die quickly. And so it was very painful for him, but we could be very thankful for the hospice workers, which were so kind to my father and loved him as if they knew him as their own. And so we were very thankful for that. I, I, could, I could sleep at night knowing that my father was having great care. And he had compassionate witnesses over his life. I wasn't thankful for what he had to go through. But I was thankful for many things that occurred because of it. So we're not to be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, we th- with thanksgiving, we let a request be made known to God. So I could say to the Lord, I'm very worried about my father. I'm worried about his process. I I don't want him to suffer unnecessarily. And I thank you, God, for my family that has come around him. I thank you, God, for the hospice workers. I thank you, God, for flexibility in my schedule that I can go and see him regularly. Because some of my siblings lived out of state. So it was very difficult for them. So I'm giving him my anxieties And I'm going to him with my request, and I'm thanking him at the same time. So when he says, don't be anxious about anything, that's a, that's a big thing for God to say to us because I can be kind of a, a tightly wired person. And so I can think about a lot of things that might not go well. And I have to be really careful about reigning in my mind. And so when God says, don't be anxious about this, he's not saying, Cynthia, you're being stupid, ridiculous, and silly to me worried or anxious. He understands that. What he's saying to me is the same way a father would say to a child, honey, don't worry about this. I'm taking care of this. Please don't be anxious over this. And so what conquers fear? I want you to see how this is tied together. What conquers fear? Gratitude. Gratitude conquers fear every time. And it makes it impossible for us to enjoy what God has given us. So when he tells us, don't be anxious about anything. Just bring your prayers, your supplications, your requests to me. And while you're telling me what you need, thank me for the things that are working, the things that you see that I'm doing, the things that you do have. And as we do that process, psychologically what happens is we get a new center. We get a new resting point. And so he has the, we have this verse in Second Timothy This is chapter 1, verse 7, and I like it in the Living Bible. And it says, for the Holy Spirit, God's gift, so that's one thing we can always be thanking God for is the Holy Spirit, does not want you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them. So isn't that interesting? Because I know, and you know, we can be afraid of one another. And not afraid necessarily um, because of intense violence. Now, some of you may be having domestic violence in your life, and that is something to be very frightened over, and that is something to get help with. But many of us, we can just simply be afraid of somebody having a bad feeling about us. We can be afraid of what they think about us. We can be afraid that they won't approve of us or they won't like us. And so the Holy Spirit, which is God's gift, is saying, I don't want you to be afraid of people. I want you to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them, which means that instead of thinking about us and how they think about us and whether or not we're going to be okay, we're going to be thanking God for all the people in our life, even if they're not fun people, even if they give us troubles, because we're going to be saying, God, I want to be wise. I want to be strong. I want to love them the way you love them, and I want to enjoy them for who they are. And so we also have it in the amplified version and it says for God did not give us a spirit of timidity of cowardness of craven and cringing and fawning fear but he has given us a spirit of power of love and of calm and a well balanced and disciplined and and self-controlled mind this is what God has given us this is what we can thank him for even if we don't feel it every moment of the day that's what we're that's what we're Saying to God, thank you for telling me that you are giving me this kind of a mind that is not of cowardice or of fear, but of power, love, and calm. And so, God, I'm asking, as I thank you for that, I'm asking for that to be experienced by myself. So, this is why God would instruct us to be grateful. So, I'm so glad that you are here in this particular show as we, get, we move toward Thanksgiving. So I want you to come back and join me for the rest of the show as we talk about why God would instruct us to be grateful. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, welcome back, and I'm so glad you joined me again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And if you're just joining me today, we are talking about being grateful, about thanksgiving, and why God would instruct us to be grateful. Why would he why he would instruct us to be thankful? So we talked about this idea of why would we not be grateful? And you see, this is a discipline. This is a discipline of our mind, our will, and our nature. Because we are hardwired by sin to complain, to lament, commiserate, to be negative, regarding any circumstance we're experiencing, even positive circumstances. And I gave you the example in the last hour of winning the lottery. We could win the lottery and we'd still complain. You know, we'd complain about how many taxes we have to, how much taxes we have to pay. We'd complain about all the quote-unquote new friends we might have and how to manage that. And so you can see that we're kind of hardwired toward negativity. So we have to really practice this idea of being grateful. And so why would God want us to do this? And what we talked about earlier is that gratitude. Number one, conquers fear. Gratitude conquers fear. It helps it make us possible to enjoy what God has given us. And so this is one of the biggest things that it does, is it helps us conquer fear. It also reorients us and gives us a new reference point for how we look at the world. Because when we begin to thank God for things, the whole world changes, even if we have very painful circumstances. And in the midst of painful circumstances, and I I know that I've had to experience many in my life, and certainly in this last year when I've spoken about my father passing away, and, and being in hospice for 11 months, it's the longest person I've ever had in hospice. And it was a very painful time, painful, very painful year for myself, for my family. But there were still things I could be thankful for. And one of the things that, that I was amazed and, and talked with people about is I could be so thankful for the care he was getting and, and how much the hospice caregivers loved my father and how, peace, how much peace that gave me in the midst of all of it. And so what I want you to realize is that maybe you're experiencing the same circumstance I have, and you don't have good caregivers, but you do have something to be thankful for. And I had to look for things to be thankful for. And as I did, it strengthened me because gratitude not only conquers fear, but it gives us resiliency and it gives us strength. It gives us courage and it helps us to manage pain so much better. So during this Thanksgiving week, we know that people around the United States, around anyone in our in our circumstances, anyone in our community, um, we want to express gratitude for the bounty of our lives. But many may not realize that in doing this, that you are also improving the quality of your health and increasing your life experiences. So we talked about it conquers fear, gives us... Um, a different experience of our life. It helps us to have a different paradigm, but it also improves the quality of our health. And so we have scientific evidence that's conclusive when it comes to mood, outlook, and health. You see, happy people live up to 10 years longer than unhappy people. And optimists have a 77% lower risk of heart disease than pessimists. So what I want to say to you is if you're a diehard pessimist and you say, well, I don't want to live 10 years longer, What I want you to realize is that you may not extend your life because we know that God has the number of our days managed. What we do know is that we have a a much better quality. If God is calling us to live longer than we may have wanted to, certainly our quality will be better. So let's look at this idea of the how of happiness. And this is a book by a woman named Sonia Limba I love that last name limbo limbo yes. And this is the how of happiness. And she teaches that about 50% of our propensity for happiness may be genetic. It may be a genetic set point. And there's a lot of inconclusivity to that. We have some uh, research findings that say, yes, it's, it's kind of you're either born happy or you're born negative. And, and there is some temperament issues that come into play with that. And we've looked at temperament before that we kind of have the, the Tiggers of the world and the Eeyores of the world. And many of the eors of the world really don't see themselves as pessimistic at all. So what we want to look at is whether or not it's a genetic set point. You have to understand that 10% of our happiness is based on life circumstances. Only 10%. About 40 or more, 40 to 60% is affected by intentional activity. Or is affected by how we think. And how we can influence our own behavior. And so this means that we can be up to 40 to 60% happier with our lives without changing any circumstance whatsoever. And that has to do with one intentional activity, and that is the practice of gratitude. So research shows that consistently grateful people are happier, more energetic, more hopeful, more helpful, more empathetic, more spiritual more forgiving and they are certainly less materialistic. They're also, like we said in the in the chapter um in second in Timothy chapter one verse seven, they're also less likely to be depressed, anxious, lonely, envious, neurotic, or sick. And so there's so much power in this idea of gratitude and thankfulness. And so we have some evidence. There was this one study, and this is a group of participants and they were asked to say about five things they were grateful for every day. While another group was asked to list their five hassles, like what was bothering them, what was frustrating. So those experiencing gratitude were not only happier and more optimistic, but they were reported fewer physical symptoms like headaches or coughing, nausea, acne, backaches, these types of things, tiredness. So other gratitude studies have shown that those with chronic illnesses demonstrate clinical improvement when they practice regular gratitude. This is why when we have people that are struggling with chronic illnesses, terminal illnesses, um, things that they're fighting in order to cause them not to be terminal, they always fare better and they have a better chance of survival when they practice gratitude. And severely depressed people, they, they were, we, when we instruct them to list grateful thoughts on a website daily, a, there was a particular study that they did with a website, and they asked depressed people to list grateful thoughts daily. They were found to be significantly less depressed by the end of the study compared to the depressed people who weren't asked to, to express gratitude. And, and what we find when we are, are measuring um, depression is that anyone that struggles with depression... If we change the way that they think, they always report less depression, whether or not they are on medication. When we do double-blind studies and we have one group that is on a placebo antidepressant and doing what we call cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the power of your mind changing the way you think, and then we have another group that doesn't have to do any cognitive behavioral therapy and is on an antidepressant, we find that people that do cognitive behavioral therapy, whether they know they're on an antidepressant or not, always fare better. And so we even have seen studies that have shown people that are on antidepressants with no group therapy, no cognitive behavioral therapy and people that only did cognitive behavioral therapy with no antidepressants showed less depression. So it's really important that we understand this power of gratitude and why God would ask us, command us to be grateful. And so how does this gratitude boost your happiness? Well, that's what we're going to look at in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt. With Conversations with Cynthia, always visit my Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's INC for Incorporated or CynthiaHyatt.com, my website. I enjoy it when I hear your comments. Thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm so glad that you joined me. And I'm thankful that you joined me because today we are doing a show on gratefulness in honor of Thanksgiving. And we are doing a show on gratitude. And why would God ask us to be grateful? Why does He want us to have an attitude of gratitude? And we looked at this. And some of these verses, and we looked at Colossians three seventeen 17, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. And we looked at that verse in Romans chapter one, verse 21, which is really telling. And it says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. They became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. I mean, that's very powerful. They knew God, but they didn't honor him or give him thanks. And as a result, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So this verse tells us that not being grateful, not practicing thankfulness, not honoring God through our gratefulness, actually is a foolish act. Darkens our heart and brings futility of our mind. So let's look at some things that... Gratitude does for our own health, and this is, the, this is some of the newest research that really is hammering home this idea of gratitude, thankfulness, and the power of that when it comes to your own personal health, and how much more powerful it is than even medications. So, number one, it promotes savoring of positive life experiences. When I practice gratitude, I'm really able to enjoy the experience that I'm having in the moment much better, even if it's uncomfortable even if it's painful. So like I was referring often to the death of my father and my brother and I were there when he passed and as painful as that was, because we were grateful for his life, grateful for the care that he had been given, grateful for the time that we had with him. The passing was painful, but it was a very positive experience. And so we also know that gratitude bolsters self-worth and self-esteem. Anyone that practices thankfulness and gratitude has a higher self-worth, has a more positive self-esteem. They feel better about themselves. Anytime we practice thankfulness, we feel better about us. And so it also helps people cope with stress and trauma. When I have anyone that has severe trauma in their life, one of the things I'm consistently doing is redirecting them to what are we going to be thankful for in spite of what occurred in spite of what happened. And we can always find things to be thankful for. And please hear me when I say, finding gratefulness in the midst of tragedy does not ever minimize the tragedy. We are not trying to talk someone out of the tragedy or say, hey, don't feel so bad about it. What we're saying is, one of the things that helps us cope with deep pain is having something to be thankful for. It's like Advil. It's like a pain reliever. So it's really imperative that we practice this whole idea of resisting our fallenness, and our fallenness is, wants to be negative, that we resist that, we practice that kind of self-discipline, and we look for things to be thankful for. We also know that people that are thankful, people that practice this, also encourage caring acts and moral behavior. People that have an attitude of gratitude have a tendency, when they measure this, to be more moralistic people. They are also more more oftentimes wanting to do caring acts for others. It also helps build social bonds, strengthens existing relationships. It nurtures new relationships. And so, because what we know is that lonely people have twice the rate of heart disease as those with strong social connections. So we need to really nurture those connections that we have. And the way we do that is through positivity. And so what the, the other thing that positivity, that gratefulness, thankfulness does is it inhibits harmful comparisons. See, when I am focusing my mind on what I'm to be grateful about, what I'm thankful for, I stop that comparing of what they have, what I don't have, what I should have, what I could have, what might I have, if only. And so I stop doing those harmful comparisons. It also diminishes or deters negative feelings such as anger, bitterness, and greed. And it thwarts hedonistic adaptations. Now, what does that mean? It just means that the more thankful I am, the less my tendency for hedonistic behaviors or self-medicating behaviors, addictions, these types of things. And so this is what's so important about gratitude. So what are some ways that we could really practice gratitude? Well, I have people many times keep what we call a gratitude journal. So I say, if you're doing a cares list, I want you to list the cares so that we submit those to God. We, we, we cast those cares on God. And at the same time, we're going to do a gratitude list. What am I thankful for in the midst of my burdens so that those two can help. I can cast those burdens on God and I can replace where I was holding that burden with gratitude, things I am thankful for. And I'm going to cultivate that attitude of gratitude. I'm going to practice and use self-discipline to do that. So we're coming up here with the end of this segment. We have one more segment to go in this show. So I want you to join me again after this commercial break and join me as we finish up why God wants us to be grateful. And this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Always visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and we'll finish up this hour quickly. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and we are finishing up this show on gratitude, on being grateful, and why God would want us to be grateful. And so we've used these two verses, and the first one is Colossians 3.17, and this is an admonition from God. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then we had Romans 121, which is a powerful verse. It says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so we see this kind of negative feedback loop. We don't give God thanks. We become futile in our thinking and, and darken our hearts. We're futile in our thinking and darken our hearts, which causes not to be thankful to God. So we really want to practice this idea of thankfulness. And we ended the last segment there with some things that we could do. And one is that we cultivate that attitude of gratitude. That is a discipline. And we practice doing that. We journal things. We write down things we're thankful for. We speak about our gratefulness. We, we consistently practice positivity. And, and we, we work at resisting negativity. And we express that gratitude directly to others. So we never forget to thank people for even the smallest things, even if it's a smile It's a hug. Whatever, they called you back. These types of things, we really want to increase the positivity ratio. So what if there was a solution to stress that was so simple that it involved nothing more than feeling grateful for the good things in your life? Well, in fact, there is. And that solution is gratitude. There are numerous studies, and some of the newest research out is showing how much stress reduction occurs with just being thankful, just being grateful, just thinking positive thoughts about what you are thankful for. And I have to tell you, the more negative you're feeling, the harder it is. Because negative energy is very heavy, and it pulls us down like gravity. And we have to resist it. And so even if we start with the smallest thing, and sometimes if I can't, if I just feel like I don't even want to be thankful, I'm in such a bad mood, I'm so frustrated, I'm irritated, annoyed, I'm upset, I'm hurt, I'm sad, I'm anxious, whatever that is. And I say, I know I should practice some gratitude and I do not want to. Sometimes what I thank God for is just the opportunity to have choice. And I say, you know what, God, you're such a good God. You even give me a choice. You even let me choose whether or not I want to be grateful. That is a good God. And so I really, really practice orienting my mind. So what we say is don't fret or worry instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful. And it happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And we saw that in the Philippians uh, 4, 6, when it says, Be anxious for nothing, but with everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And so we really want to practice using God the way he wants to be used. He wants to be that person, that go-to person. So I want to give you a couple of reasons why you should be thankful. If you have no, if you, if you can't come up with anything, here's some for you today. Then this is powerful. More than 660 million people live on less than $2 a day. That is mind-boggling to me. That is less than a cup of coffee. More than 385 million live on less than a dollar a day. And then there's 121 million children who are without any education whatsoever. None. Imagine what it would be like to not be able to read, write, or do any math at all. 1.4 million children die each year from lack of access to safe drinking water. Close to half of all the people in developing countries suffer any given time from a health problem caused, caused by water and sanitation deficits. And here we are complaining about public restrooms. 80, 870 million people worldwide do not have enough food to eat. A quarter of all humans live without electricity. That's 1.6 billion people. Preventable diseases like diarrhea and pneumonia take the lives of 2 million children a year who are too poor to afford proper treatment. How about this one? Approximately 425 million children under the age of 18 don't have safe drinking water. I mean, this is is crazy. Estimated 40 million children under the age of 15 suffer from violence, abuse, and neglect. And 1.2 million children are trafficked worldwide every year. 22 countries with more than half the population is illiterate. 15 of those countries are in Africa. 130 million of the world's 15 to 24-year-olds can't read or write. I mean, this is amazing. Worldwide, 126 million children work in hazardous conditions, work in hazardous conditions, often enduring beatings, humiliation, sexual violence by their employers. Okay, now that you are truly made to be happy, I want you to really realize we have so much to be thankful for and so much to be grateful for that we are actually upset about our feelings. And whenever I speak in Africa, one of the things that's most powerful is they can't believe when I tell them what my profession is, that people come to talk to me about their feelings. They can't believe that Americans could have negative feelings. And what that tells us is that humans, because of our sin nature, we're fallen. We are are fallen and we naturally fall into that sinful nature of complaining, commiserating, uh, bemoaning, um, lamenting. All of these things, we can always find something. And what we talked about in the very first part of this hour is that even if we win the lottery, right, we can find something to complain about. And so what I want you to think about, I want you to, I want you to be grateful just for your family, okay? Even if your family's not great. Hey, okay, we all have family. Everybody has family. And God, God spreads everybody around to everybody. So we all have family. But there is things we can be grateful for. And if we can't feel grateful for our family, let's feel grateful for the people that came alongside of us and made some family for us. So let's be thankful for the teachers who helped in the formation of a lot of our education, even if it wasn't always positive. Let's be thankful that that we are allowed to, to have some of that education that a lot of the world doesn't have. How about this? Let's be thankful for pets and all the animals that we encounter who give us free and unconditional love. You know, and I talk frequently about our cat Bentley. He's he's just a devil cat. He's a wild cat, he's a bangle. He's a lot more wild than than we thought. But he still brings happiness to our life and we thankfully think he became a Christian this summer. So we're hoping that he's a little kinder and nicer. But he does. He kind of comes around and he he likes to be petted occasionally and and he talks to us a lot. But he brings life to our house. And so we can be thankful even for a bad cat. So I want you to think that for a brain that allows you to think about the world and its people in all the ways that you can, I want you to thank God for your brain that can think so that you can choose to have positive thoughts. That you can choose to ask Jesus to help you battle sin that you have free will. And if we can't be thankful for anything, we can be thankful for free will that allows us to choose Jesus and that Jesus chose us. And so it's imperative as Christians, as anyone, as humans that are desiring to to make a change in this world, that are desiring to have a life that God has truly designed for us to have, and that is the abundant life, that the gateway to the abundant life is thankfulness. The, the way, the avenue to open up for the abundance that God wants us to have, the good things that he wants us to have is thankfulness because there are going to be bad things. He tells us that this is a difficult place to live. He says, you will have trials and tribulation, but fear not for I have overcome the world. And so we can be thankful to God that in the midst of our trials or tribulations, he has overcome the world and we are going to a better place. And while we're waiting for Christ to return, we want to experience heaven here on earth. And experiencing heaven on earth always happens through gratefulness. Every time I am grateful, every time I practice an attitude of gratitude, I get a little piece of heaven in the midst of my difficult circumstances. And so it is our choice. It is your choice today. Are you going to make this Thanksgiving a hallmark event for you in your life? That from this moment on, you are going to not wait until Thanksgiving to be grateful, but you are going to practice gratefulness every day. Every day, you're going to practice what you can be thankful for. You are going to tell others what you're thankful for. So it's imperative that we ask ourselves, why would we not be grateful? And we remind ourselves, this is a discipline. This is a discipline of, of my mind, of my will, of my nature. That I'm hardwired by sin to complain, to lament, to bemoan, to commiserate regarding any circumstance I'm in. And as we talked about before, it may, I mean, I, I say this tongue in cheek. I mean, we could win the lottery and still complain. And so we need to take the lead of Jesus because he was thankful to his father daily. And he was eventually thankful for the cup that wouldn't pass from his life. And we are very thankful but he was willing to do what God had created him to do, called him to do. He's the only begotten Son of the Father. And he did what God asked him to do. And he did it without complaining. I mean, what would happen if we had a Christ that was a complaining Christ or a bitter Jesus? What would that have made this world be like? What would have that example have been for us? So we want to use the example of Jesus and recognize that that's one of the things that caused his life to work, is his gratefulness to the Father, his willingness to stop and be thankful for all that was occurring, and the endurance that that gave him, the resiliency that that gave him. And so we are going to practice this idea that we can be grateful, and we can find ways, and we can understand that grateful people are more likely to take care of themselves physically and mentally. They're more likely to engage in protective behaviors and maintenance. They're more likely to do regular exercise, have healthier diets, have improved mental alertness. They, they have better ability to, to deal with stress and daily challenges. They feel happier and more optimistic. They avoid a lot of problematic physical symptoms. They have stronger immune systems. They maintain a brighter view of the future. They have a more godly mind. And this is imperative for us, uh, for us to hear. That gratefulness an attitude of gratitude mirrors the heart of God. God is even thankful for us, which is mind-boggling for me. He's glad that we were born. As difficult as we are, we want to practice God's way. We want to have the mind of Christ. Replace our own fallen mind. And the way we do that is we open the door for gratitude, for gratefulness, and we practice it as a discipline every day. So I want to really encourage you this year, this Thanksgiving, its only a couple of days away, that you make this a hallmark event in your life, an anniversary, that you say, I'm going to practice Thanksgiving every single day of the year. I'm not going to just wait for one holiday. I'm going to orient my mind around all the things that I can be thankful for. And if I can't find anything to be thankful for, I'm going to thank God that I have a choice about whether or not I want to be grateful to him for Christ. Whether I just want to be grateful to God because I don't have to go to hell because I know Jesus. And if that's the only thing I can be thankful for, I think that's a pretty big deal. So I am thankful for you and I am thankful for you listening today. And I'm thankful for what God is going to be doing in your life. And I believe he is doing good things, great things, wonderful things, and he wants you to perceive them. And that's that Isaiah, beautiful Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19 that says, forget about the past. Don't dwell on that. Perceive the new things that I am doing. And so we want to perceive the new things God, or, God is doing, and we want to be thankful and grateful for him. So I'm so glad you joined me today, and I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. Please visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, my Facebook page, like that page. at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., I-N-C for Incorporated. Have a blessed week and a happy Thanksgiving.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you.